Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a bi-weekly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about big wrecks in spandex. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, back again, the two hermanos talking about uh, the long-running show that we've been reviewing since the beginning, Lupin Ranger vs. Pat Ranger. But uh, it's been a while since it's just been the two of us. How you been, Pat? Ah, doing good. Um, this was... Uh, we, we have a lot on our plate, so... Just sitting down and watching Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger alone. Just looking over to my right or looking looking for for somebody to 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 enjoy these moments with. <laughs> it's just not the same. It is it is very same. lonesome. But uh, yeah, so we did we did a guest episode with Paula last time, uh, founder of Tokunet, and that was really great. But it put us behind again. I mean, it's not her fault, but we we were excited no. to do it. Uh, but we mm-hmm. fell behind once again, and so we're trying to catch up. So today we're going to be covering episode. We're going to quickly cover Lupin Ranger vs. Pat Ranger episodes twenty five through twenty eight. Just some quick reactions, and then we'll go back to what we normally do and uh, watch episode twenty nine and sort of do our our kind of uh, reactions right after that. But um, Pat, do we have any big news or anything that's going on right now? Yes, as of this episode, or I would say even uh, last week, we're officially an affiliate. Of the Tokusatsu Network. Hey! Is that how it works? We call it, we're affiliated with, you know what I mean. Yeah. We're secondary writer, tertiary writer to, to whatever they've got going on over there, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like a Sentai team and we're like the writer crossover. We're like the eighth ranger at this point. Like we're not the last one to join. Very late in the process, but... <laughs> <laughs> But no, it, it's really exciting uh, to be a contributor over there. Obviously, Tokunet is a hub. Uh, we both frequently check it for all sorts of things. And um, uh, just to be affiliated with them and what they're doing over there is just really awesome. Uh, we're really, really thankful for that opportunity and uh, hope that we can help spread more Toku everywhere. Hopefully amplify, you know, the rising tide and all that. Um, a rider tide Mm-hmm. kicks all ships rising <laughs> rising tide rising tide is something that a common writer about would say like rising tide you know would like all these water effects would go off oh yeah there you go i'm down with that i'm really down with it actually um no but uh, it's really exciting to be affiliated with tokunet uh we're really appreciative of that and all the work they do over there already because i have spent untold hours uh, scouring the site for info and looking at pictures so the idea that we're contributing in some way uh certainly feels uh I don't know, it feels like a big deal for us, so hopefully hopefully we uh, we uh, pull our weight. But yeah, so uh, in other news too, uh, we do have more special guest episodes in the pipe. Uh, we're still mm. working out logistics on those, but like before, we don't want to necessarily reveal it and then have that uh, come to nothing. So, But just know that we have, we have more things planned coming up. Uh, but yeah, so before we get into it, uh, Pat, have you been watching anything interesting here lately? Any toku? Um, I'm going to say this kind of counts as Toku, not really, but we, we've actually been watching a lot of The Good Place. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the, the special effects budget on The Good Place has been really good. 
So what? I don't know anything about the good place uh, other than it's oh, a place really that is good. Uh, yeah. Um, without saying too much, even if it sounds like it, basically, uh, what ha- it's sort of what happens when you die. Uh, you end up in the good place or the bad place, and uh, the main character is shows up and she's told she ends she's ended up in the good place, but it's a case of mistaken identity. Like, hey, uh, you're this person. But it turns out, like, her name matched somebody else. Uh. She believes that she doesn't actually belong there because none of the memories that she was shown or told from first person are hers. So it's it's pretty That's, neat. That is like, pretty how interesting. do I stay here? How do I? <laughs> right? Yeah, I was hearing about it a, a whole lot. And I was like, I don't know. Like, uh, I didn't hear that part of it. But hearing this, I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. <laughs> and the first two seasons are on Netflix. So... We just like destroy like every time we sit down, we're like, "What time is it now?" Oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's quality to stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well. Cool. Cool. Any uh, anything else, or is that the only Toku you've been watching? <laughs> That's the only Toku I've been watching. Besides, um, I mean, besides you know the solo episodes of Lupot. Sure. But, you know, sure. Um, it's the same. I have managed to get in just a little bit. Uh, I don't know if this had been going on s- during the Paula episode. I don't think it had, but I have started watching Common Rider Kuga. Mm. Uh, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm working my way. I'm partway through episode six right now, which I'll probably try to finish before bed tonight after we get off. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, this is my fifth Common Rider series, um, and the oldest one that I've watched so far. Uh, I've watched Double O's, Forze, and Build. So this is uh, a bit, for, a bit further back. You know, we're not too, too far back in time, but I'm, I'm a little bit further back. Than, than what I've watched so far, which is all kind of Neo Heisei. Um, it's really, really good. I uh, I love how it, it's it's not like the events are grounded, but the framing and the sort of special effects and technicality on display is very grounded. It all feels very real. Um, it just it feel it, it reminds me if you've ever been to like a theme park and been to like one of those like stage shows where they do like little act, kind of action tricks and and pyrotechnics and stuff like that and it's 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 good but you don't ever wonder like whoa how did they do that you know what i mean <laughs> um, i see what you mean yeah you know like it's it's good it's not bad but i'm not like i'm not like blown away or anything like that but it's just something about that is really visceral and like it's a it's almost like a it's very shaky cam is sort of derogative but it almost has like a found footage feel at times just the way the camera it's not really like a fixed camera it's always moving around the room and, and handheld shots a lot of the time. Uh, there's something about it that's just really, really appealing. Um, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoy it. I like it a lot. And, and Godai and Ichijo and like the, the core cast is really good. Um, I'm realizing now that uh, O's may have been like a stealthy Kuka reboot. I guess I'm, <laughs> you know, 10 years late to the party on that one because I, I saw O's first. But um, I was like, wait a minute. This is a lot like Eiji. So... <laughs> Um, there's no equivalent to Ankh yet, uh, but like the, the what the the Grongi or the the um, the other unidentified you know monsters are uh, very, they're very similar to the the greed or very similar to them from from O's as well. They have that same sort of just like let's all just stand around and be big mood. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Arguing um, in a language you'll never understand. It, right? Yeah. So, um, but I'm really enjoying that. And I've been watching uh, Power Rangers SPD, uh, which I am about, which did we talk about that last time? I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> Maybe briefly. Okay. Well, I've been watching SPD. 
uh, and I'm really, really impressed with it. Uh, I tend to enjoy the Power Rangers. I mean, I've I've pretty much enjoyed every Power Rangers seasons, every Power Rangers season. Woo! Over here talking in this audio format, got to <laughs> figure out how to do it. Um, I, I've pretty much enjoyed myself the whole way through in my chronological rewatch. But I would say Power Rangers really starts to become like, okay, now this is just good television. I mean, it's children's television, but it's good television. Uh, at least, I think a conservative estimate would be by In Space. Like, uh, pretty much from In Space till now, you know, In Space through SPD, which is what I've watched. It's pretty much just all good. And it's all obviously building up from a lot of the earlier stuff, which is quite rough and, and a lot more inconsistent. But I tend to prefer the seasons that have a professional bent to them. So like your light speed rescues and time forces and so on. And this is in that vein. But it, And obviously the core footage they're working with the Deca Ranger is clearly incredible. But God, it's, it's just a really good show. It handles its cast really well. It's very seldom that I, you know, that I look at the choreography in children's television and go, whoa, like, and, and I'm like, and shocked by what I'm seeing. But some of the choreography in the show is just terrific. Like, better than some martial arts films and stuff I've watched at times. Which, I mean, obviously there's going to be a time difference there. But, like, I've sat down to watch things that ostensibly were exciting choreography displays that don't quite measure up to some of the 22-minute episodes I spent of SPD. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, I mean, a lot of the martial arts films is actually building up the drama or the sort of building towards the climax of the martial arts whereas here you get to practice martial arts every week right like right well of course well but <laughs> not see, not to dismiss it obviously there's a sure, lot more going on but sure sure no i was just gonna say like i'm a huge huge fan of martial arts and wuxia films and so and so mm. forth and kung fu films but um some of them are you know obviously some of them are, are billed as technical displays and they are very much that but sometimes they're you know you they don't they don't quite have the impact that you'd expect and especially sometimes i'm going like wow this is just like if, if this were just a film in spd i'm like that this would be you could just say like you know just come watch this for the fights but it's also really well written um it's got a good sense of place and i just i really really enjoy it so yeah just kind of watching a lot of good stuff right now you know what i was making a joke i was caught up in uh, making my my joke earlier uh, but i actually have been keeping up with zio and uh, to oh. follow up on what we were saying um in the episode with paula um we have actually uh, people were over and we're like hey you want to check this out and the people have been coming over sort of regularly to watch the week's episode so hey even if that's it's for great a bit, yeah it's 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 fantastic and the feeling of them genuinely being either interested or kind of weirded out by the whole thing <laughs> but an interested enough to keep coming back is fantastic yeah. hey, and zio has been watch. very odd so far yeah so i'm curious how far in are we on zio at this point uh, I think episode five just came out. Okay. We've seen four. Um, we took a break this week because of some traveling that's about to happen. Okay, but, so um, what what's your take on it so far? Because I've seen some pretty um, pretty polarized opinions, at least in my Twitter bubble. I've just seen people who are just like, whoa, Zio's garbage. You know, <laughs> sub subgroups aren't even going to put it out on time. And then other people are like, I can't believe people are hating on Zio. This is great stuff. So I'm just, I'm at a loss. I can't take the temperature of the room um my perspective is it's five episodes in so you can't really say any like i guess if you're not feeling it don't force yourself it's generally the way right. to go right if you're just not feeling it at all but if you're expecting a time travel show and a in a, a <laughs> if you're expecting a time travel plot in a weekly sunday morning show to actually make sense maybe chill out a bit or <laughs> wait until episode 10 ish because that's generally when things kind of start to either change or come together because there's you know they're still setting things up 
we've seen things we've seen how some sort of stuff works it's all very confusing still right but not enough ground has been placed that they can shake it underneath us yet you know what i mean like sure sure generally that'll be when you go oh i mean (laughs) granted we are also were spoiled by bill being like hot out the gate last year build was just good from the word go my man Mm -hmm. but i will say that i am enjoying what i've seen so far i'm happy to see old writers visit especially the ones that supposedly show up for this one even though some don't maybe like i don't i don't know like i think gentaro doesn't actually show up for the fours episode which is like uh what you're talking about but they brought five's actors back so it's like i don't know how to feel but we haven't seen five yet so that will be next week I think. Ah, I see. Okay. God, four, four is it without Gintaro. This is a crime. I know. This it is was criminal. <laughs> when they like did the preview or the lead up for the episode last week, they showed a dude with a pompadour from behind. I don't know if he doesn't actually show up. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I see. Or if they like do like a nudge, like he's off somewhere helping people out. Like, I don't know. But that's what I've heard. And so that's what I'm preparing for for now. I see. Okay, well, uh, speaking of talking about Toku episodes and things we're prepared for, do you want to talk about uh, 25 through 28 real quick before we jump into 29? Yes, Um, I'm going to say the first thing, which is I really wish we watched those episodes together because I had a really good time by myself. I was thinking (laughs) the same thing. I was like, I wish I was talking about these with Pat and Deb. They're so good. (laughs) Yeah, like from the start, like 25 was like the first real like... It's the first sort of real team up episode, like where mm. they're, you know, either they're working together, even if it's like begrudgingly, like sure. actually not fighting each other while they're fighting. I yeah. can't remember his name already. Ly- Lemon, Lyman. Lyman. Yeah. And then, and then of course, a uh, good cool Kaiser VSX. Come mm. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, it's it was awesome. So good, <laughs> so so good. And Kyrie like accepting Noel. It was mm. just what a big episode. It felt like a real big moment for the for the show so far, certainly. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, this is one of those things I hate to just, I hate to pump the brakes. There was I, I haven't seen as the same level of excitement week to week for this series as say people had for Build and so on. And I know Sentai always gets, I mean, you never know. Like people are always, I should say, the Twitter bubble I'm in, Common Rider t- tends to get a lot more uh, kudos than Super Sentai does. But watching these episodes, just the joy that's in it, and just kind of. I don't it, it's it's comfort food to me i guess mm, absolutely but uh yeah 25 was really good 26 was a lot of fun with the auction and that uh that nut squirrel monster that was like <laughs> throwing nuts everywhere oh, um yeah, that's right and uh all the stuff with the money with noel and umika like going uh, all, like sort of her perceptions of money and things like that that was a that was a fun one too kind of a friendship episode i guess with uh with Noel and Umiko, which is not the pairing that I thought they were going to go with, but they they made a fun mm-hmm. little pair. Twenty seven was maybe my favorite of this bunch, just because maybe my favorite episode of Lupin Ranger. Yeah, that's I don't know how to disagree with that because I don't have an alternative episode. It's like, well, no, it would be this one. Like this episode no. was terrific. Oh my yes. god, Tuma and... uh, the what what was the martial? I can't remember what the martial arts they were it's calling like the martial muscle? arts. It was like empty muscle m-u-s-c-l-e yeah they're like muscle and he was like uh sakia kept like spelling it out while they were doing it but yeah toma and sakia going to that dojo and like learning quote-unquote martial arts but it's basically just aerobics 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in the just completely straight face Toma doing these martial arts with a hundred percent conviction because that's just what happened to him. Yeah, Toma and Sakuya pairing up Sakuya with uh, Umika has not always yielded the most fun. It is kind of a fun little side thing, but Sakuya and Toma are a really really funny, like straight man and foil type thing. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of classic mm-hmm. comedy bit, and they work. I was like, this is the team up the show needs all the time because they are ridiculously funny together. They had a lot of kind of anime-ish, Looney Tunes-ish elements with uh, funny jokes and stuff like that overlaid across the screen, like seeing Toma's like uh, irritation meter at the bottom of the bar and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was a really And that really final episode. attack, that glorious final <laughs> attack. I'm I'm happy I captured that. Like yes. I needed a screen a screen grab of that. Sucky it was pumping his oh. fists and kicking. Oh my god. That was that mm. was terrific. <laughs> Splendid. And then 28 was the one with Umika's dad. Uh, and he's very upset that she's dropped out of school and is pursuing this thief lifestyle. Uh, and he's sort of chasing her while also being upset at Kyrie because he assumes that they're an item, basically. Mm-hmm. And then we have that um, the monster that ages people when they get hit with that gas. Mm. But can also dive and swim through walls and ceilings. Oh, sorry, walls and floors. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that, that stood out to me, I like this episode. I thought this was good. Umika getting some uh, some good high point moments and such. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite bit was how the first part of the episode felt. I mean, this is going to sound strange, but it felt very, very Mighty Morphin to me. Um, oh, yeah. Having a monster that turns people old just feels like a sort of Mighty Morphin plot just in general. Um, mm-hmm. they, they run around in a park for a while getting chased by the the gangler and and the the poldermans and then uh there's even a bunch of like really kind of like kind of guitar in the background which is it just all kind of felt and all like a kind of like a low-key reference i I doubt it was but it just kind of had that feel you know like this could have been a power oh the the uh the polderman getting hit by the gas of course to show you what happens like yeah that was a great suddenly he's got a beard and his back hurts (laughs) i that's so what a delight! Yeah, what oh, a treat. and we saw the new uh, Lupin Red. Kyrie got a new weapon, the the bow, mm, and we mm-hmm. got to see a huge combo attack that I thought was actually pretty cool. With that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was all good stuff. So, oh, and I think the uh, the new uh, the new Lupin the new versus changer, the sort of like a silvery like Zeppelin blimp kind of rocket shape. Yes, that combined, and I actually uh, I actually like the because it changes out not only. Uh, Lupin Kaiser's left arm, but also the head, and I think I actually prefer this look to the base Lupin Kaiser with the kind of the gray head, and I really enjoy the magic card trick yeah. element and turning mm-hmm. that building into dresser drawers that the <laughs> the kaiju is like digging through shirts and boxers and stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a really good batch of episodes. Definitely made me sad that we did not watch them together. I completely agree. Well, that's what we're here for. Yeah, uh... so let's rectify that. Let's let's watch 29 together. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. All right, well, you give me the countdown, my man. Let's hop into it. And we're back. 
So that was a recap episode, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, not, not, uh, uh, I don't know if it's surprising, just our luck or whatever, a string of four really great episodes we didn't watch together, and then we finally get back a chance to watch one together, it's a recap. But, that being said... Kind of appropriate? Yeah, it is. it's both, I think, sort of appropriate that that happened to us, but also, um, you know, I, I think uh, strides have been made in making recap episodes not just clip shows uh, these mm. days, and I, I think mm-hmm. this one was, was just fun enough that I still enjoy watching it, so... But uh, yeah, yeah, and then just to sum it up real quick, Keichiro gets his memories knocked out of him by a modified Polderman, and so the memories are these like just photographs that fly out of his head, and they kind of like remember them as they go on, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually the Lupin Rangers show up, and that jogs his memory, yep. and he just sucks all the memories back into his brain. And then they just kind of show a bunch of clips, like, <laughs> like, oh, remember that time we did the thing? And but I think a, a, a funny or a neat little comedic beat is there wasn't a, a kaiju in fight, like there wasn't a, like a new kaiju fight for this. Mm-hmm. And so they, this says, oh, usually when I show up, there's a kaiju Good fight, striker. but Gosh isn't here. And so then they just showed clips of all the all the Kaiser fights. So right, right, yeah. So it was. Uh... I enjoyed it actually. Um, I think the you know doing a little postcard memories thing. I think the comedy uh, in between moments were were quite strong. There was a little throwaway gag with Keichiro trying to remember who Commissioner Hilltop was, and they cut away to Commissioner Hilltop in like a a, a Letterman jacket kind of thing, and uh, he looks it, like Keichiro mistakes him for Eddie Murphy from Beverly Hills Cop. Which yeah. uh, was not a connection I would have drawn until, but they put him in the jacket. I was like, okay, actually, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like it, it was a it was a funny little gag. Mm. They did a, a good striker recounting what normally happens, and then that not happening happening was a was a pretty funny little bit too. I thought so. It was mm. it was good. It was funny. It was it was a lot of fun, and I think that there was enough new action there too that it wasn't. I don't think it was like a completely lost exercise. Certainly. Yeah, and we're at about the right time that they would air a recap. You know, we're at, sure. what are we at, 20, 29? Yeah, 29. So, so either things are about to start getting real or, you know, it's we're about halfway through the show, so it's time. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think the uh, uh, another nice element to that, I guess, is like even if we, you know, even if we'd done the other ones as we normally do, it was kind of nice as a recap to, I, I guess I don't, it's very strange for me now because I don't often watch shows weekly anymore and encounter a clip episode all that often like that just doesn't happen that much i usually encounter clip episodes when i'm watching something that's already finished so i can just kind of skip through it if i need to or just not pay as much attention to it so it was weird to have a recap that actually sort of performed its function like kind of like mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah this is what's happening we've done all this yeah yeah, yeah. No, okay i remember this now like <laughs> <laughs> interesting experience yeah so there's not not too terribly much to say i guess it it was a recap but uh it's certainly good to be back and it was good to just good to see everybody again and um an interesting observation i i thought um was the there's a final sort of welcome party scene uh noel throws himself uh hosts his (laughs) own welcome party which is very noel Mm -hmm. but also uh that scene it's at night and it's on it's on a rooftop and it looks I mean, of course, this would have been a couple weeks ago, because we're probably five or six weeks ago or so, but I think the timing lines up about right. It looks almost identical to the sort of Last Supper 
the characters in Common Rider Build have before they go and attack the uh, the Sky Wall, like the final tower, um, which I just thought was interesting. It's like I was wondering, is will they just like shoot those both on the same day or same week or something like that on that set? <laughs> yeah, we got to see what the timing of that was because I feel like this might have aired around the same time because this is mm-hmm. twenty nine and we're at thirty four now. Yeah, it's about a month ago. Yeah, so just about yeah just about the same time or mm-hmm. like a week or two offset from when sure. build was wrapping up right yeah definitely so i think what might be a more pat do you have any other thoughts on this episode particularly no no okay else. so i think what might be a more interesting exercise since there's not too terribly much to talk about it was a clip show it had some good funny gags uh but was ultimately a clip show what are you we're, we're at 29 now so we're expecting i don't know uh, if they've announced how many they're going to be but we're looking you know high 40s you know to 50 uh to wrap the series what do you uh i guess let's let's frame it frame it this way uh what have you enjoyed maybe the most so far in the show and what do you hope for the most uh going into the sort of latter half of the series hmm kind of putting you on the spot but i'm asking myself those questions what have i enjoyed the most i i mean the first thing that comes to mind is keichiro i think he's just this real sweet dude um, that's getting tricked by people that he thinks are his friends and uh i think they're abusing him or they're not treating him very well and uh i'm looking forward to him getting his revenge uh, <laughs> 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 so i don't know why i said it like that but no but i, I will say I, I do enjoy the pat rangers and Keichiro a lot and a sort of back and forth i still i i feel like i want more of them and then maybe going forward I don't know, like if if I think we may have said this before, but something like that, not necessarily more of a focus on them, but something that like I'm, I'm having I'm having difficulty. I'm kind of just taking this as it comes to so to demand more of it. The only thing I could really say I want more of is like if they're going to add more like another right. person to mi- right. mix things up, because Noel showing up and being both the silver and the gold mm. has been like odd to say the least. Sure. No, I mean, I, I think we knew there'd be another Ranger. I was still holding out for a third team. I thought that would be fun. Um, mm-hmm. But having a, a extra Ranger yes. that, that kind of plays on both sides there was not what I expected, certainly. I actually am co- watching so mm-hmm. many episodes back to back to back to back to back and thinking about it more. I think what I'm coming to appreciate about Noel is not necessarily... He doesn't... I don't think he necessarily adds much to either team individually. Like, I don't think he, like, I don't, I don't see a scene with the Lupin Rangers and go, oh, thank God, Noel's here. Or I don't see a scene with the Pat Rangers and go, oh, great, Noel's here. Like, he doesn't really add anything to those teams individually. What I think is interesting is he allows them to tell stories with both teams sort of working in concert while maintaining their antagonism towards one one another. Like, because he's playing both sides, you can sort of have the teams work together they don't really work together except for like very explicitly in episode 25 right um the antagonism but sort of connect them in a way and mm-hmm. i don't think i really appreciated that when he showed up and i don't think i necessarily like as an individual character i'm like yeah but as a as a device to allow that i actually really appreciate that he can make the team he can bridge the teams without necessarily overshadowing anyone really so i like that i actually like that I guess for myself, I think the thing that in the everything that's come so far, the first 29 that we've watched here, uh, the thing that I'm really, really pleased with is the fact that the teams have largely maintained their identity 
and that we've still gotten a fair amount of development for everybody on both teams. Um, and I, just, I still feel like the, the, they're they're sticking with the verses. It did not just become a really big team, right? Um, so I'm, I'm very happy with that. And I think that's still, uh, I think that gives the show its uh, mm-hmm. distinct feel without either team really being like, quote unquote, evil, right? Like, um, I don't know if Hurricane Drew is the same way, but I think of like uh, Power Rangers Ninja Storm, where you had the core three and the two, uh, the, what were they? The, uh, th- uh, were Thunder Ninjas? No, was it Thunder Ninjas? Thunder- I think it was Thunder Ninjas. They were the, the two brothers who were sort of an antagonistic other teams. So you had like a team of two versus a team of three. And then they eventually joined. But I like that they're just sort of sticking with the versus thing and they're not, they haven't pulled back on that yet. But I think going forward, the big thing that I still want is I want, I don't actually need the show to focus on the Mafia Kaijin, but I'm still just begging you, please tell me what is their goal? Like, what are they after? Give me some some kind of bigger plot to sort of hang my hat on and say, okay, here's what these monsters are really going for. Um, so, yeah, that's still my big hope for the show. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like they've stolen the Lupin items and or Lupin collection items for something. They're just trying to decide who's going to be the new boss. Yeah, it's like they've got them and they give powers, but they're going to do shrug with it like it doesn't yeah and they're gonna they keep losing them because the lupon rangers keep reclaiming them and storing them away right it's just which okay the lupon rangers have been doing that is it odd that the pat rangers have done nothing about okay well they're stealing them so what like it doesn't seem like they're interested in recollecting them or i guess even aware or care about i guess retrieving the evidence Mm. like it's it's i'm not demanding that of it but it's interesting that they're ignoring it. Yeah, no, I would, right? I would agree. I agree with that, too. Hmm. I still think I'm really net positive on the show. I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, it is a nice, mm-hmm. I think, after Kamen Rider build, which was quite heavy throughout. Uh, I mean, it was still a you know children's karate bugman punch show, but um, it, was, it was pretty heavy uh, throughout and, and quite, quite plotty, plot heavy. Uh, or lots of lots mm-hmm. of things going on, lots of threads to keep up with. This feels a little, this isn't quite as risky in that sense, and I I, I like it as a sort of as a counter to that. But we do actually have uh, David Skazny, uh Twitter Mutual asked some questions of us, and he asked quite a few. So do you want to go ahead and get tackle those? Let's do it. Okay. So he's got a few for us. Uh, all right, got a few for you guys for twenty five and twenty seven. On twenty five, thoughts on good cool Kaiser being entirely CG. I know you guys enjoy the hard suits, but personally, after years of watching the bring them all together forms be immovable monoliths, I really like how dynamic this debut was. So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I've been looking forward to Mecha Shiva <laughs> um, in some form, and I'm happy it showed up. I, I imagine at some point we'll get a hard suit version. I don't know if that's crazy, mm. but uh, yeah, I think it's really cool, and especially like I think we well we talked about it on the on the episode during the recap, but. The way it did its final attack, punching and kicking all of the um, the verse changer vehicles mm. at the enemy for the or at Lyman for the attack was just really it was really fun and cool. Like I was ah oh, that's awesome. Like yeah, I have to agree. Um, I think particularly anytime you have a form that has that many robots combining into it, they tend to become even if the other ones are all immovable rectangular, you know, prisms, like they become really, really immovable and just huge and bulky. Mm -hmm. So giving this one 
that much it still has a bunch of motion to it and everything i really enjoyed it um you know i'm not completely against cg i tend to prefer your hard suits i tend to prefer practical effects but i'll still take good cg like i'm I'm okay with it uh and i i can see where this design you just i don't think you could really do it in a hard suit not on a television budget certainly um okay so for 27 this is an unabashed comedy episode definitely not one of my favorites but i got a good chuckle out of it that said in my years within the fandom the most consistent complaint criticism i've seen of toku is its comedy whether it's the comedy relief character specifically being maligned as a bad or useless addition to the cast a perceived cultural cultural gap between western and eastern modes of comedy that prevent people from getting the jokes the idea that modern toku tries and fails to be live action anime or that comedy creates tonal dissonance whiplash and otherwise great dramas and ruins the show People within the fandom have always seemed to struggle with comedy. In your opinions, what is the importance of comedy as a narrative to Toku specifically? What type of comedy works for you? That's a big, big question. Oof. Kind of comedy works for you. Well, I guess, do you want to tackle the the first part with whether that the, the comedy, like how we feel about comedy in Toku? I, guess. I think it's required. I think it's necessary um, to keep things light. Uh, whether or not it's handled well is another question. But if the series, I think it works on two fronts. One, either where it's a regular thing and you expect the slapstick mm-hmm. um, and it sort of is a way for you to see another side of the characters. Like uh, a, a strong example of this, I feel like is build. Like when we find out whatever spoilers, it's it's in the past already, yeah. sorry. But, and you, you're past this. Yeah. But and you're when watching Zeo, you're living that, in the future, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when we find out that I've just been calling him Beardo because I forgot his name already, um, <laughs> we find out that Beardo has no sense, like no fashion sense. Oh, uh, Gen- a, Gentoku. Yeah, when Gentoku is revealed as having no fashion sense, it's very much in line with him because we've only ever seen him in a uniform. So it's like it's, it turns out it's this weird, long-running, like long-form joke that they've set up. Because he's either only in uniform or only in his punished outfit. And then when he's finally able to like relax and then and be at ease with people he considers friends, he can reveal part of himself, which is that he's just got this really uh, eclectic sense of style. Like, <laughs> so um, I think that kind of comedy is perfect. I will maybe if in the comedic moment we are given a character that's that doesn't match who we've who we've become familiar with right maybe that's when it's not like that dissonance doesn't work or does work if it's really well done but i would say that the comedy that we saw in episode 27 was in line very much with how the characters would act toma um being convinced that this is something he has to do sakuya eagerly uh leading the class and then right. just this beautiful, beautiful moment and eye catch that we're treated to <laughs> during the martial arts lesson. Right. Yeah, comedy is always a tough one. Uh, comedy is incredibly subjective. I mean, you know, forget about uh, cultural divides. Comedy can be subjective in the room. Comedy can be subjective time of day. I mean, even a joke that I mean, so much of, of comedy is context, right? Um how much of Will Ferrell's career, which I, I tend to enjoy a fair amount of Will Ferrell's work, but how much of his career is just, I have the wrong tone of voice for this social situation, right? Mm. And that's just it. It's just, 
it's using the context or you have a really funny joke or really smart joke uh may not go over well if you're in a funeral you know or Mm. you know maybe it will like it you know timing and context and all that stuff is is really really important like comedy is not and like it it's it's very very subjective and it's not something you can just pull out and go okay this is a good joke because you know so it's really really tough especially across cultural divides i personally i don't know if i mean i don't know how to say i tend to enjoy and i think this is going to inform my response to this too i tend to enjoy comedy that is revealing of the character character based comedy is Mm. very 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 funny like you said Mm -hmm. episode 27 is really funny to me just because it is so much about who toma and sakuya are as characters and so the ridiculous situation it doesn't necessarily matter i'm sort of appraising or uh reconfiguring a jack kirby quote here but it doesn't really matter what's going on as long as the emotional reality is there so if the characters are acting as who we expect them to be their circumstances are completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter how slapstick or over the top or, you know, monkey cheese it gets. Mm-hmm. And so like 27 is a great example of that, I think, because it is about those two characters in the situation that is, it doesn't make sense. I mean, the other characters are literally looking in the window going, these guys are getting duped. Like they're just doing aerobics. Like it's, it's a complete joke. So I tend to be okay with comedy, at least the attempt of it. I think it's a good pressure release. I tend to mm-hmm. not, I, I just tend to be somebody who makes jokes in situations that stress me out anyway. It's a great defense mechanism. So, but I tend to not enjoy works that are just joyless, I guess. Real life is often funny, or you at least laugh to keep from crying. It's sometimes boring, it's sometimes exciting, it's sometimes dramatic, but it, you know, comedy is a part of life. It's how we deal with awkward situations, it's how we deal with uh, our stress levels and stuff. So I, I think it's fine to have characters crack a joke. Like, I mean, build, having, again, a good example, having Gintoku wear these like, com- like, it is completely, it makes no sense within the context of the show why he would have these emotive shirts. Like, it makes no sense. Like, how did he go out and print a bunch of them? Like, you can't, it's just a really funny joke, and it works because he's so serious all the time, but that that release is part of what makes it work so great. So, mm. um, I tend to be a fan of comedy just as a rule, and I, I try to meet comedy halfway. Like, I know jokes can be tough, especially across cultural divides and things like that. I'd like to think that I've got some level of familiarity, I guess. Like, I've watched a lot of Gintama. I've watched all of Gintama, uh, which has a, sometimes can get pretty inside baseball with the Japanese cultural references. But again, so much of that is so much of that is character-based that, you know, it works. So doing the live-action anime thing does not really bother me as much either. Uh, I'm fine with it. Even if I don't always find it funny, it is very different from what is often the western style tradition which at least in my experience i don't want to say is all across the board but certainly the popular version of comedy here is somewhat cynical uh you you know roll your eyes at what's going on or make some snide comment go i can't believe this or uh even things like anti-humor that kind of like um tim and eric show type stuff that's just stuff that isn't like i i don't want to totally I don't really know. I haven't watched enough of that show to really say, but a lot of the skits I've seen from it are just like, the joke is that nothing in it is funny and it just keeps going. Um, A lot of that doesn't do that much for me. Um, So I, I appreciate the live action anime feel because it is, it's different. So even if I'm not laughing all the time. Okay. So I think we've covered that. We really quickly summed up all of comedy. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, uh, finally, schedules permitting, would you ever consider running a one-shot uh, D&D campaign for the pod in the vein of Hyperforce, either using the Henshin RPG campaign 
or if they release an official rulebook for Hyperforce. As always, thanks, Senpai, for noticing me. Uh, no, thank you, David. Um, thanks for the, the perfect signing out on that. Yeah, That's, right? That's terrific. It was lovely. Um, yeah. No, but uh, so he's referring to a couple things here. First off, would we ever consider running a one shot or even a campaign or something like that, either on the pod of a tabletop role playing game? Uh, I certainly would because that is like secretly my my real, real, real hobby. Like tabletop RPGs are like <laughs> that's what occupies sixty percent of my brain at all times. And he mentions two RPGs particularly, uh, Henshin and uh, Hyperforce. So uh, unless you were living under a rock. For PR fandom type stuff, uh, Power Rangers Hyperforce was a thing, which Hyperforce is like a, like a gaming streaming channel, and they had uh, a bunch of current and former Power Rangers actors, as well as some like YouTubers and various internet personalities playing a Power Rangers RPG, and uh, at the time, Spawn Brands signed off on it and made it official and canon, so Hyperforce is like a, a legit team, they got their own suit designs and everything. Now, since then, they, they said at the time, they were playing a modified version of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, which is owned by Hasbro. Well, now Hasbro owns the Power Rangers brand. So, in theory, they could release whatever rule set that was that they used and, and, and release an official Power Rangers RPG. For me, I would love to see that. I don't know if the D&D mechanics would necessarily lend themselves to a Sentai type thing, but, you know, if, if they've done something like it already, right, the, the, the groundwork's been laid to some degree. But he also mentions Henshin, which is a, a very small kind of indie game, uh, which I do have all the, the files for. I, the, the, the core, I hesitate to call it a book. It's a very, it's like 12 pages as a PDF, but the core, quote unquote, is free. And then you can pay for uh, a couple of the add-on packs, basically, and, and other playbooks and things, or other classes, I guess is the best way to put it, if you've never played a Powered by the Apocalypse style game. They're only about like $2 each, and I think the grand total is like 6 bucks to have everything ever made for it. Henshin is a totally different beast. Henshin is uh, completely diceless, uh, uses a... Um, the system is sort of... If you've played any of the Power by the Apocalypse stuff, like Apocalypse World or Dungeon World or um, anything like that, it's got a similar sort of feel in terms of... You don't really have character classes. You have what are called playbooks, which are sort of more like... I. I want to say they're like ideas but they're somewhere between just like a character concept and a class and you have these things called moves which are these really def like well-defined narrative effects that you have and that have some kind of mechanics in them but there's no dice you just sort of you do things that sort of like you know risk your character to, to gain points as it were and then you spend those points to uh, actually accomplish things in fiction so there's this kind of ebb and flow where you like your character like risks themselves or hurts other people or makes a bad mistake and you build up points and then you spend those points to save the day so to speak that's a really quick super rundown of two very different games but i mean the long and the short of it is uh, yes <laughs> uh i i have run a somewhat short in discord with a couple of toku twitter heads i ran a very short-lived sort of toku game using fate but I didn't quite like how fate handled it and uh, time-wise it just it didn't pan out. But I think a, a one-shot would definitely be doable. I've also got a couple of homebrew rule sets of my own that I've cooked up for Toku stuff. The, you know, the, the thing with Toku is where do you draw the line? Because on the one hand you could just make it standard superheroes because that is sort of what it is ultimately. But particularly, I mean, you know, Kamen Riders and Super Sentai and Garo and all that, they all kind of have really the heroes 
aren't really that different in terms of power sets. I mean, you get a little bit of that. You get, you know, sometimes somebody can move really fast or has super strength or can stop time or something like that. But for the most part, all the characters have pretty similar move sets, pretty similar equipment. Um, what what differentiates them is their personalities and like what they're passionate about and that sort of thing. So crunchier superhero games don't, which usually because they're based on Western superheroes usually put a lot of time and energy into like defining power rules and stuff like that. Like how does flight work? How does telekinesis work? How does matter control work? Which doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like it doesn't fit entirely for tokusatsu, but it doesn't really, doesn't quite get the, the intent isn't there. The focus is different. So the, the big question with Toku is always what is this, what system to pick? But I, I, I could definitely see myself doing a, I think that'd be a fun, a fun thing to do. Maybe we could plan on doing that once we finish Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. Maybe do a little one shot with some, with some folks on air. That'd be fun. Cause Pat, you don't really play much of any tabletop stuff, do you? No, I've like, I have so little experience, so little experience with it. I would say that one maybe would end up being, uh, guess sort of live streamed in a way like not i don't think it'd be a regular podcast or i maybe have somebody edit that one separately because i imagine it would be super long compared to what these are uh or just put them all up as as it is it depends uh i've done i've done online games before and if you're doing it with uh if if you're doing it with the intent of keeping it a one shot and your gm knows what he's doing which cough cough i've been running games for a very very long time so i i I can i can stick to a time limit you could probably Mm. keep it to about an hour and a half and and still have quite a bit of fun so Hmm. especially if the system is light enough like something like henshin i think would be great for a one shot i don't know if it quite has the the meat on its bones to run a whole campaign which is my you know my almost always a concern for me because i like running longer campaigns but henshin Mm. can do a one shot no problem so and i have been toying around with running another I tend to run a lot of play-by-post games just because they fit my ridiculous schedule and their asynchronous nature is really helpful to me. So I've been toying around with the idea of, of running one here again. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, one shot is definitely in the cards. I think that'd be a lot of fun to put together a, a, a team, you know, some, some, some podcasters with attitude, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun could run you through your first game so ten, tentative tentative yes yeah. question it's just yeah time permitting was the time permitting is the big part but is is it in the cards most definitely it is most definitely mm. in the cards i'm always i'm i, I can't say no to role-playing games <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so uh well if there's nothing else pat uh it was a lot of fun glad to be back in the saddle hopefully we can, we can uh keep catching up and try to have another pot out a little bit sooner than last time oh yeah so. Yeah, Ben. Thanks, David, for those questions. Really, a lot of really terrific questions there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our Patreon patrons. Yes. Uh, I believe Solar Johanna and One Two O. One Two Two O. I say One Two O. I know who you're talking about. I say One Two O. I hope. I hope he doesn't well, mind. <laughs> yeah. And uh, much love to Tokusatsu Network once again for bringing us in. This is it's a it's a new age it's it's yeah <laughs> it's it is very strange but really exciting stuff i'm super excited I, I can't believe it so thanks for tuning in to the super senpai podcast we'll notice you again next time super, super senpai, senpai podcast, podcast.